I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wrestle me, Pete. Oh. So uh, we had a t- uh, like a two-second gap uh, mm. between this and the, and the last episode. Mm. And I've been looking more at this photograph of uh, Jack Dorsey, mm. the Twitter CEO, in yeah. the front row of uh, WrestleMania 31, or seen very briefly. Mm. And I know it's like two behind him. That's the guy who, whose eyes pop out when The Undertaker loses oh, at WrestleMania it? 30. He's added like a beard to his collection of uh, tricks. Yeah, I'm fairly, I'm fairly sure that's him. It's really uh, mm. identical glasses. Mm. But I, I was, I was uh, you know, he, he's one of those guys who he tended a WWE show and did his, a, reaction, yeah. his reaction became a meme and yeah. stuff like that. And I, I don't know, I mean, if you were WWE, you have to be slightly careful that these people don't turn out to have, for example, you know, uh, oh, they were released three months ago because they killed an awful lot of people. <laughs> So you can't use it too much. But he was used a lot. And there must come a point where you start going, you know, I actually, you know, in my job where I provide adult social care, you know, <laughs> uh, this could be... I don't be, need this. I, I don't need yeah, it I don't in my need life. This. I, don't, I, tended, I know I could be at any point, be if somebody could take my picture or video, but I think this is a bit too much now. You're using it an awful lot. Yes. And I see it even, like, slowed down in, mm. in musical montages. <laughs> but I was thinking this about, like, I was walking past a, uh, a hoarding just on Tottenham Court Road where we were recording, and there was a, uh, like, a we're redeveloping this square. Mm. And there were loads of photos of people walking through it. And that's the wrestling, Undertaker wrestling. I'm going, whoa, what a development. You can see him. He's going to a, uh, a likenesses lawyer. Um, that's just based down here. But I looked at them and I thought, those aren't, like, posed by models. Mm. Those are just people that some of, yeah that some of them were blurry yeah like they'd been surreptitiously snapped <laughs> and then someone had just gone compile them and i was thinking yeah what past one and there i am smiling and striding through a fictional landscape i'd yeah. be like how did that happen how did this happen Why yeah you've had your there? picture taken at some point um yeah i presume those are like digital because i remember having a 3d package and you get this little brush mm. um in 3d space and just spray them on just a collection of people really just <laughs> Do you, want to, do you want a square full of people? There you go. Exciting. It was really cool. I, I, did, I did look at it. I did feel a bit annoyed that I wasn't on it. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking, uh, it could have been a bit of money. Went, went to the passport office, got a little picture of myself, be, took it on. <laughs> It'd be very hard to sort of, like, the reason you were suing. They just wouldn't, you know, you're clearly just doing this for money. You'd be like, no, no. What point <laughs> of principle the money. do you not want to be in this fictional square? <laughs> what, what, what damage has it caused you? <laughs> I rest my case. Thank no, you, my no, Lord. you're being questioned. 
look, WrestleMania 31, mm. 2015. Uh, it's been a stonker so far. Again, this uh, it's always worrying for WrestleMania, especially mm-hmm. as we go forward. Again, the blander it becomes, mm. the harder it is for us to have a right good time There's destroying some it and years it down. where it is very uh, is way easier. Like last last time round, it was a pretty good WrestleMania, and we had we had a bit of fun. I thought, yeah, a fun. oh, great fun. But uh, yeah, it's it, it does get harder and harder as, as we as we get uh, towards as everyone gets professional mm. and and slightly, you know, the the, 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 the everyone's behaved better. Mm. No, nobody seems to be overtly on coke, <laughs> and that is really annoying for us. Um, match number two, actually, I mean, this is going to get good. Seth right, Rollins yes. versus Randy Orton. Mm. Um, so Seth Rollins is this is a sort of coming out party for him uh, into the main event, if you like. Mm. He um, he was part of the Shield with Roman Reigns and Dean yeah. Ambrose. They have broken up after some very successful years in 2015, mm. and they WWE did did something very sensible. Everybody could see that. Roman Reigns was going to be the breakout star. They believed that probably Dean Ambrose would do well, and then that left Seth Rollins, who was the smallest of the three. Mm. And what they did was when they broke the shield up, they had Seth Rollins turn on the other two, and then they anointed him sort of the chosen one, Triple H. Mm. And that made him a main event star in a way that I think anyone... if, if, If I'd have been booking that... I'd have gone. Don't do something like that. No, no, no. no. Let's let's have Roman Reigns turn on those two, yeah. and then I would have one unpopular star and no others. <laughs> and they did really, really well with Seth Rollins. I mean, he's a phenomenally talented guy. He is very much, you know, five years on, the number one guy in yeah. the business. Um, he is just uh, a really good ring performer as well. Um, he's slightly lucky in, in at this time because two months before there was quite the kerfuffle. Oh no, not a kerfuffle. So uh, one day, you know, he wakes up. <laughs> oh my god! It's like a story you write at school. Yeah. One day I woke up and I was in a fantasy world. and I was in the shield and I did turn on uh, Roman Reigns and, se- and Triple H said I was the best one. And then accidentally his thumb slipped and he uploaded a load of naked selfies of a NXT female performer Uh-oh. called Zara Schreiber. No. Um, they simultaneously appeared on his Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts. Well, look, if, he's nothing if not efficient. <laughs> no. He's nothing if not efficient. What not was efficient. he doing? What was he po- trying to post? What did he... He just posted a load of pictures. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, just you know, what a morning for there, someone. Like, what is happening? Uh, well, what totally. Is like, can you imagine? Well, can you imagine being his fiance, Pete? Oh, not the woman that was... Not no, the woman. So dear. his then-fiancé, Leela Schultz, oh, very no. quickly uploaded naked pictures of Seth Rollins <laughs> with his uh, dick and balls out. Yes. Um, and she had underneath that simply the word Zahara, question mark, which was oh. uh, a misspelling of the name Zara, uh, the woman he'd, uh, he'd put the pictures up of. Mm. Um, the two women, his fiance and uh, Zara Schreiber, they looked almost identically. He very much had a type. It'd be very <laughs> difficult to argue your way out of that, just going, don't know what happened there. No, You're like, but she, you could get away with it. Do you yeah. know what, Seth? Do you know what she looks like? She looks like me, only she's got more tattoos. <laughs> Uh, do you want me to get a tattoo? Seth? Is that what you want, Seth? Because I'll fucking do it. I, I actually, I, look, I have got one. It says "fuck you, Seth Rollins." Um, now uh, there was, there oh, was, mate, what a morning that. Oh, this a, one, this uh, one, I can enjoy because unlike a lot of the other ones, which have been hacks yes, and, yeah, and yeah, leaks yeah. and things like that, you know, which is a, a, a absolutely criminal fucking offence. Yeah. This one was just some big Randy old horn dog <laughs> pressing it his up. upload to all. Pressing the wrong button you trying meant, to be efficient. You meant to DM it or you meant to, <laughs> even worse, you meant to save it to downloads, you dirty boy. <laughs> and up it goes. Yeah, so um, that was a nightmare. Now, 
Zara Schreiber. Um, did not she ask is, for any of this. She did not ask for any of this. <laughs> and she certainly didn't ask for what came afterwards, which was she was fired. And oh. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> a, a usual uh, WWE decision. You would look at that and you would go, oh, that's right. Protect the fucking star. <laughs> it turned out that WWE had gone through a lot of her old social media posts mm. uh, all the way back, I think, to 2012. And 2012 was the year they found a lot of posts that prominently featured swastikas. So, okay. Um, they, she Not was on the fired. the London Olympics. <laughs> Come on. It was a throwback to Berlin 36. Um, the, the, the one that I've seen, because she, she deleted them, but a couple of them were screenshotted, mm. uh, was a piece of artwork on a wall, which is like a sort of, like a stone arch of some kind of German building mm. in black and white, which had a huge stone swastika sort of uh, emblazoned on the front. Right. Now, it was very much the swastika was front and centre. Mm-hmm. It's not like it was no. a thing where you go... You, got it, you accidentally got your... Your, was, your, your cock and balls in it, shot. It, exactly. You got your yeah. in shot. It was more about the swastika than it was the building, that picture. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. She, uh, <laughs> she did deny uh, having any Nazi sympathy. Um, she said she was a history buff who does not associate the swastika with Adolf Hitler. <laughs> those two, those yeah. two parts you, of yeah. that statement if absolutely, you, <laughs> absolutely cancel each other out. You mug yourself off right there. I am yeah. a history buff. I'm I do not associate buff, yeah. Adolf Hitler with a swastika. <laughs> A lot of a lot of that sort of like confusion. I don't have that confusion in my life where people go, you know, I see you've got something on your wall, and I go, oh yeah, no, I don't like it because of that. Yeah. I like no. it because of this. Yeah, only right wingers have to do that because yeah. they know the thing they like is wrong. Um, <laughs> she she did a. There, there are some statements, and again, because it's the internet, I'm going to be a bit a bit careful about what I read out. Mm. There was one that that seemed very um, fiery, but I've not been able to trace it back to okay. anything from her particularly. Mm. Um, where the the line that's quoted, and I'm going to say that this is totally fictional, is a line that said, "I'll put whatever I want on wall. Get the fuck over it." Right. Um, so who is who, who? So that was uh, reportedly her saying something. Yeah, about her yeah. Wall. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna chase that source. So I'm going to say that she didn't say anything like that. What? Mm she did do was she apologized on instagram she said i'm so sorry i'd like to make it very clear i am in no way shape or form an anti-semite nor do i condone anti-semitism if one were to stop it there well, just stop well, it there the thing then. is she's focusing on one uh, aspect of hitler's terrible works yes like, <laughs> yeah. i mean i'm not saying that the the, the anti-semitism wasn't a big focus but uh, i'm just saying i did why love just, the way he... he killed the russians <laughs> a huge on that love but that like yeah the disabled people the black people yeah. like, all this, the gypsies, yeah. like all them, you're just basically going, nobody mentioned anti-Semitism. We're just saying they're all Nazi things yeah. bad. But it, it, when you start saying that, when you go, when you go, um, you've got Nazi imagery there, and you go, yeah, I'm not anti-Semite, you're like... <laughs> No one mentioned that. What you, you think? You, you think it's it, it's like a Jewish conspiracy to accuse people of being Nazis? She said, "If one were to have looked deeper into my post, yeah, I mean, we've just seen a fucking swastika. No, I don't need to find no. out the background. No, uh, one would have noticed also in the photo was Marlena Dietrich." Marlena was a Polish actress who opposed Nazism and fought for the oppressed during World War II. And that's why it was in the fire. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of things about that, of course. Marlena Dietrich was not Polish. She was German. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also very much the, the sort of, you know... Postal for... Yes, slightly. Yeah. She was, she was a, a perfect Aryan woman, wasn't she? Mm. She said, to me, the photos and relics were nothing more than a story. Relics. 
nothing more than a story. I mean, it's just terrible, isn't it? Um, I now see it was insensitive of me and in poor taste, which is why I had attempted to delete them long ago. Uh, she said, on an aside, a family member of mine took part in the White Rose Movement, Germans trying to end Nazi domination, which is where my interest in the Holocaust actually stemmed from. Also, documented deeper on my Instagram from years ago, are photos of me at Dachau concentration camp in Germany. And I noted there how disturbed I was by the entire place. Um, <laughs> Now, she became, uh, she's slightly disappeared. She does do occasional bits of wrestling, but she became a kind of an unusual little trivia fact mm. in that she later had a relationship with Sonia Deville, who is the first openly uh, gay female performer in WWE. Right. So I believe that makes her the first documented person to have relationships with both a male and a female WWE star. I do not mind that fact. No, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it doesn't warm me to her hugely, no. I've got to say. And, and I'm sure Adolf Hitler would have a few bad words to say about her <laughs> lifestyle absolutely yeah right on i hope she's had a a damascene conversion <laughs> um orton uh, versus rollins now this mm. this is one of the matches i enjoyed most on this entire show mm. it starts off the voiceover very gillette a man can get the best a man can get mm. uh, just before the match a man walks in front of the car and then gets pulled away at the last minute <laughs> you don't see that in the in the tens you don't see that in the tens no but not we at saw all. it in the tens and and rollins looks like an Amazon Prime unlicensed superhero show that nobody watches. Doesn't he? Doesn't he? <laughs> he really does. There's, there's my favourite bit in this. Orton's in red, which is sort of unusual. Mm. He normally just wears his black trunks, mm. but it's almost like he's wearing red to sort of go, I'm in a new phase here. Ooh, I don't know what this is. Yeah. And the new phase for me, he's sort of become fantastic in this match. I don't know what it is. Um, JBL says a line, which I love, uh, in the match where he just goes, you don't corner a predator. A predator corners you. Like <laughs> yes. that. And it's, well, that is, that's an old joke called the Russian reversal. Yeah. And the Russian reversal, it's been around since like 1938. Right. Which is... In Russia. It, it, yeah. Mm. In Russia, a uh, 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 messenger delivers the mail. Yeah, yeah. Here, You know, uh, no, no, the other here, way around. Here, in, here, in America. Here, a postman, uh, yeah. uh, d- no. You, 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 no, you See, it's not oh, as no. easy as it, you yeah. imagine, is it? it in America, you tip the Post messenger. delivers you. In Russia, no. messenger tips you. Right? <laughs> right. That, that would be it, okay? We can't do it. That, 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 that is a Russian reversal. Yeah. So when JBL comes out with an accidental one, which is easier than doing it when you're trying, <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, that is, that is, it's, it's connected most, most uh, sort of like commonly in the mind with the 80s comedian Yakov Smirnoff. Yes. Um, yeah. Even though he rarely used that in his, uh, in his routine. Oh, so it was um, like... Uh, kind of given into him like um yeah. i think it was just you know he was russian so everyone was like oh yeah in in america you eat a popcorn popcorn in russia, russia popcorn, popcorn eat you. you more of that later yeah there tanks. is there is actually one good one which is from the rowan and martin's laughing a 60s sort of american tv thing they had a character called peter rosmenko the eastern european man <laughs> <laughs> that's a really nice it really title. is it's, it's good because it's not offensive in any way it's no. a real just a statement um, he did short jokes and one of the ones that he that i'd noted down here is uh, here in america is very good everyone watch television in old country, television watch you. Which, that does work. Well done. Uh, yeah. a, a, a successful Russian reversal. Um, the, the two guys here, they work together so well. Yeah. Um, uh, Orson is always best slightly when he's backed up against the wall. And mm. it's often up against the wall when he's taking on young people that they want to put in his spot. <laughs> and he just... They both seem really serious and really grave. And they both seem to be setting out to win. Yeah. Such an easy thing to do in wrestling and so often forgotten. They just make it look like... 
they are trying to beat the other person. Mm. And it's a very fast and physical match. So quite surprising for this period where we're coming off this slightly sort of everyone is working the same. They bring a physicality to it, which is sort of, uh, you, you don't see often until you begin to see the Brock Lesnar matches. Mm. And I always slightly wonder whether Andy Orton looks at that and just goes, you know, that Brock Lesnar thing is brilliant. Mm. I can imagine he doesn't think much of any wrestler. I, I just imagine he's not into <laughs> wrestling in any way. No. But watching Brock Lesnar, I think he sort of goes, that is good. That is mm. the way that Brock Lesnar can make people really like get excited when he does a really hard knee. And that's easy to do. That's not hard. And I think he sort of brings that um, into this match, just sort of knocking people about a bit. Um, the thing that this match is really most famous for is the genuine WrestleMania moment. Uh, in this WrestleMania. And at this point, no one calls it. No mm. one bothers saying it. But it's it's the end little bit of move is just uh, it's phenomenal. So Seth Rollins goes in for a curb stomp where he runs over and he will put his foot on the back of your head and then push your head into the mat. Mm. And what happens here is as he does it, Orton straightens up, which propels Rollins <laughs> up into the air so high. I don't know how much, so high. And then as Rollins comes down, Orton hits the RKO. Yeah, and it's it is fantastic. So good. And the, so good. the thing I love the most about it is Randy Orton is fucking pumped that he's pulled it off properly. Yes. And he's just screaming and like punching the air. And he's shouting at Seth Rollins and he can't get down for the pin <laughs> because his whole body is just like... <laughs> that was brilliant. Now, before he did this one, <laughs> there was a, a similar one where Diamond Dallas Page, who had, a, had his, his move, the RKO that Randy Orton does, mm. is the Diamond Dallas Page diamond cutter. Uh, and... Diamond Dallas Page about 1997 on WCW Saturday Night, which was a a C list show with you know not much going on. It mm. he had a match against Eddie Guerrero, and he had Eddie Guerrero in a power bomb position, and he put him up on his shoulder and spun him round and did the diamond cutter in one beautiful sort of graceful move. Mm. And in the same way that Randy Orton does, Diamond Dallas Page has the same reaction where he's just <laughs> running from side to side and just like punching the air and screaming. He's just like so excited his work. <laughs> Up until that point, that was the best cutter you'd ever seen in your life. After that point, this one, yeah. for me, this, this, was, this, this is absolutely the, the icing on the top of this cake that they'd, they'd, they'd made, which up to that point had been really, I'm going to keep the cake analogy going, <laughs> nutritious, full of frosting, Why do you want nutty, nutty. <laughs> bit of hair. You've gone completely off. There's a, there's a, more fuse in there. There's a, like, I'm eating it and there are like Bond cup, women dancing for me. Diamonds. A, a lot of diamonds just raining from the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is incredible. There's puppy. A leper. <laughs> and a leper. And a leper. A leper. <laughs> Ooh, no, get away from ruining me. this. It's nutritious. <laughs> yeah. You might need it. It's nutritious. But what an ending. It's just absolutely yeah. lovely. Well, and- well, I saw that RKO on um, a, a, a compilation called The Best RKOs. Uh-huh. Um, and I sent it to the group and, and, and I went, what's this from? What's this from? And then I found out where it was from. It was, oh, we're not, we're not there yet. So I th- I, you see, I think there is a little bit where Andy Orton's <laughs> reaction comes from the fact that he has finally, and I don't mean this, this is not like a joke, he's finally done something at a WrestleMania that is 
good. Yeah. There is a moment you could put on a highlight <laughs> reel. And I think that, you know, his excitement there is so honest because it's not just about a move. <laughs> mm. It's about going, finally. I've got I've, my WrestleMania I've got moment. that validation. They could put that in the credits to any WrestleMania and people will go, that is not out of place. <laughs> it's just a, a magical little bit. Um, Seth Rollins, just, just uh, you know, worth saying, he is, as a, as a performer, he is one of those people who brings out the best in the people that he, he performs with. Mm. He is obviously just, you know, an astonishingly good wrestler to, put, to, to work with. Um, recent SummerSlam that he had against Dominic Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio's first match uh, in WWE, first match in front of a pay-per-view audience, and it was one of the best matches on the card, in mm. my opinion. I really, really enjoyed that match. And you just get the impression that I, I, I can't think, apart from the Fiend matches, of matches that Seth Rollins has been in that are anything other than, you know, well above average, too mm. great. Uh, and I, I could have watched this match again and again. Really, really enjoyed it. Fucking mm. brill. Well done, those two. And Jamie Noble and Joey Mercury, whoever they may be. J&J Security. <laughs> yes, both of them were, uh, they were working as producers at the time, but they'd been uh. former sort of uh, WWE talent in the early 2000s. Um, Jamie Noble had also had a good career as a Ring of Honor champion, mm. which was a belt that Seth Rollins as Tyler Black would later hold. That is wrestling trivia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improves definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist visit juvederm.com that's j-u-v-e-d-e-r-m.com not for people with severe allergic reactions allergies to lidocaine or the proteins used in juvederm common side effects include injection site redness swelling pain tenderness firmness lumps bumps bruising discoloration or itching there's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities blindness stroke temporary scabs or scarring talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you football's back and we are here to laugh about it 
hilarious in the League Cup. He was trying to like defend with his hands and he yanked his yeah. shorts down. Straight off. See you later. Yeah. But Hellenius got the shot away, which I thought was very professional. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's players losing their pants or managers losing their shit. And I thought about that when, <laughs> when you could just hear Morty <laughs> shouting at Pablo Fornell. And then he just loses yeah. all, all sense of himself at the end when, when Fornell blazes it over. And he's like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the noise. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the Football Ramble are here every day with new episodes covering the lighter side of football. I walked past a trophy shop at the weekend and said, we're only allowing one person in at a time. <laughs> Nobody wants any fucking trophies, mate. <laughs> Don't worry, but no one, there's nothing happening. Also, it's a cheat. Null and void. Your five-a-side league is null and void. Piss off. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He went through, and all you hear is, shoot, Pablo, yeah. shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Finish, finish. Oh, finish. Yeah. Pablo. This was a Stakhanov production. <laughs> Let's move on to match number Whoa, three. Wow, steady. I mean, we've got we've got a double attack uh, double attack advert. Did you have that on your version? <laughs> yes, I did. There's a, there's a new toy in town that's got a double attack. And I was like, that's actually engineering-wise quite cool. I do not like figures that have, <laughs> that have anything other than just stand there. <laughs> they, the moving parts perish. The rubber bands inside, they perish. Are you seriously telling me that the real John Cena has a deep groove on his back <laughs> whereby I can see a plastic strut. Protuberance. Are you, are you seriously telling me that, Mattel? I'm fairly certain that if you pulled that, I mean, most wrestlers will have protuberances from their spines, no doubt. They anyway. will, yeah. They're fused Titanium. Yeah, exactly. You pull on that a little bit. I, I right simply down. will not stand for anything <laughs> other than the basic uh, straightforward action figure. Yes, okay. I, I do not like mechanisms because, you... because they are for children. <laughs> <laughs> you Are you allowed... Um, a, a, what about those um, big... Um, um, uh, literally poofy kind of um, uh, uh, pillows. The, the, the brawlers. The, the, what they're called? Brawlers. Yeah. So they're like big pillows. I am. I am. Absorb- P- they, I am absolutely that? fine with them. Do you know <laughs> why? Like- no action. No action. <laughs> Which is exactly what you'll get if you <laughs> take a bird up <laughs> and she sees them on your bed. But they are absorbent, though. The, well, those little boy tears. <laughs> <laughs> They're very absorbent. So that's an action in itself, I would say. I, Absorbency. I, I do have softness. A, uh, a set of the uh, the the early late eighties, early nineties ones. I've seen your Hulk and your Warrior, I believe. I, you, I, you took it to our uh, live show. I did, yes, to make them uh, tax effective. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't have the balls to to drag those off. Sometimes when I'm dealing with invoices, I will put the million dollar man one on my knee, and I will say, <laughs> "Okay, Every okay, minute. well." Um, I mean, I understand it will take some months, but may I pass you over to my advisor? <laughs> Everyone's got a price. <laughs> this uh. is a Zoom call. <laughs> uh. Oh, my God, I'd love you to set dress your Zoom call to some big wigs in Hollywood covered in those squashies, whatever you call them. I, do you know what, though? I'm of the age where I think you could get away with that now, that people don't go, are those, like, new? Is, he, you know, <laughs> is that one of those love pillows, the Japanese love pillows? Exactly. Like, they might look at it and go, hey, isn't that... Uh, like the million dollar man or something <laughs> and I'd go yeah it's yes, like Jack totally Dorsey, you saw him <laughs> it's like totally retro I go I hate that stuff <laughs> and then we all chuckle <laughs> sometimes I'll bring out a playboy and I'll hold it up 
And everyone will take photos with their mobiles. Look at this. Look at this. Drink your Huel. Drink your Huel and look at my Playboy. Is Playboy still going? I want to say it finished last year. And that is a shout based on literally fuck all. (laughs) I say oh. I mean, it should have, shouldn't it? I mean, Mr. Playboy, um, Dieter Humpf, in my mind, that's his name. Uh, The man who wears uh, dressing guns all the time. Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner. Dieter Humpf. uh, He died recently. So I presume you just have to stop everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you remember when like, Playboy had a bit of around about the turn of the century? They started like doing a lot of merchandise. Yeah, and you see young lasses walking around with like Playboy tops, and you're like, oh, that's a bit much, isn't it? I remember in Leeds in 1997 when I was at university, I went to a like uh, a t-shirt shop mm. that was cool and it was all surfy and stuff. Mm. And there was a huge brand at the time called Porn Star. Yes, and hello. I, I I used to think that was so great. I had two <laughs> Porn Star t-shirts. No way, Paul Frank. When I look at back at like photos now where I'm in it, I just sort of go, oh, it's really like against everything that you, you know, yeah. you should be for. I, uh, somebody posted, somebody sent me a picture of me wearing, I had a t-shirt saying local celebrity. Not Good. even ever been a local celebrity, but mm. look, it said local celebrity on it. And, um, I, I'm holding, it's at a party and I found my friend's Polish girlfriend's Collection of gollywogs. Oh. And just as I'm turning around to go, sorry, what is this? <laughs> Ironically, he's that, taking a, this is like a photo this is did like... appear on the front of the local paper. <laughs> Absolutely. The worst thing is, I'm in my pants. I'm in my pants. I've got she's a long celebrity and I'm holding uh, a friend's, a friend's uh, girlfriend's um, uh, gollywog, gollywog or one of them. And... And I'm going, what is, and, and that's out there, in the ether. Yeah, I had an uncle who was from and, India. And I'm sticking with that story. I had that an uncle was from India, was not and the feature. He, he used to give me uh, badges, the enamel badges you got mm, from Robinson's yeah, yeah. Marmalade. And he used to give me those. And I remember he was really proud of seeing me like excited to get something that I felt like in Britain in the early 80s was the only representation of people of colour. Right, yes, so, you know, yes. He was genuinely sort of like, that's nice. And I was thinking, God, what a mm. terrible world we lived were in. Were they bears? Were they bears? Like, I know they were supposed to be represented, and I, I know what they were supposed to be, but they also had, like, yeah, their hair they? were all round their heads. Yeah. So they had, like, they looked like sunflowers. I don't know, I it didn't... Do you know what's weird? I'm not... I mean, I don't think we've ever really... <laughs> I don't think no one's ever actually said, what are they? I don't know. They're, like, sort of imps or yeah, something. Yeah, I don't know. I can't figure it out. But, like, in, like, Rupert the Bear... When they make an appearance, yeah. they're often like living in the woods with mm. sort of like rabbits. Yes, yeah, so I think they were bears. They're sort of like they were like. Do they look like bears? <laughs> they, they've got elements of bearishness about. It's a bit them. Rupert the bear, I think. Yeah, they dress similarly to Rupert the bear, if I remember right. In that strange, hard to put your finger on the historical era that they're yeah. in. They, they're Edwardian they're bear, sort of smart, like, like their like their drum major at marches, yes. but without. Like the hat, yeah, or beefy as well. The hat. I can't figure it out. <laughs> it's weird. What? What are what they? What are they? What are they? I know why they're problematic, but yeah. what are they? This, this is exactly the conversation that I imagine a lot of people have, <laughs> where we're going, "Are they bears? Aren't they?" There's loads of people just going, "Well, they're obviously not people," <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. So I don't know why everyone's upset about them. You know, what they are. They're an imp. They're a forest sprite. Yeah, you know. I, I just, I just, I don't, but but then again, you know, it's like it's like we don't have a load of like other toys that are in forest sprites and elves, do we? No, I guess it's not. specifically Sylvanian those families. ones. Yeah, there's yeah, right. a Sylvanian family shop in Highbury 
There's one, there was one, and it was a pop-up shop that became a promotional shop for Stormzy's album, I believe, <laughs> a little while ago, um, on, just on the corner of the lip of uh, Golden Square. The one in Highbury is not a pop-up. It's been there for about six years, mm. and it only sells Sylvanian families. I've seen that. It's near where um, Corpsey lives, where I used to live. Got yeah. Yeah, she lives on the corner from that. We have a friend called Corpsey, Corpsey. because <laughs> she, she looks like the uh, Corpse Bride yeah. from she's, the film. She's in audio production. Yeah. She might hear this. <laughs> <laughs> no, if she, if she's, she's not going to listen to this. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, sting versus Triple H. Yes. What is a sting? What the fuck What's a sting? is a sting? What is a sting? What's a sting supposed to be? What is a sting supposed to be? I un- I don't understand. Is he a rock star? You, is you, he a now, space man? We've done some uh, patrons where you <laughs> have been introduced to sting. Yes. In what is I suppose known as the surfer sting period. Yes. Okay. That's what that's what he's called now. Surfer sting. Okay. When he was all the California bleach blonde hair and face I understand. Paint. Right, okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But this, you've not seen this Sting, have you, yeah? No, and I, to be honest, when I saw him there, I was like, oh, that's Sting. And I was thinking, oh, no, wait, I don't think I've seen him like this. No. I think, was he in this state when he was fighting Jeff Hardy? I think he was, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he, he was, in this, that's he was right. In, in you have TNA, seen the wrestling yes. That's right, yes. yeah. So this, this is what's known as Crow Sting, which right. is how people did, yes. you know, okay. he never how called many it others, that. How many other Stings does it... How many still? others? Um, there was in TNA a sort of Joker Sting. <laughs> that was the <laughs> the next one, yeah. Oh, it's derivative. Um, yeah, it's oh, it never his own thing. But this, this, this actually—I mean, this, this was one that he went away for, uh, for yeah. wrestling for about a year. Mm. Uh, I think he was injured, and when he came back, they entirely gave him a new persona from the previous. I'm the big baby face of WCW, yeah. and I go ow and everything, and mm. I go come on, little stingers. Um, and when they brought him back, they brought him back as this brooding figure mm. who would be filmed in the rafters, mm. and he'd have a baseball bat which he'd point. And uh, he was uh, used really effectively yeah. in a um, long angle with the NWA of Hulk Hogan, um, Scott Hall, and, and Kevin Nash, mm. which culminated in Starcade 1997, which was WCW's biggest grossing pay-per-view of all time right? Um, in a match he had with Hogan, uh, which was booked really, really badly and all falls apart at the end. <laughs> I will get there on the Patreon. That, that will happen. It's essentially what this is. 20 years later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's, he's dressed up in, in this makeup as, as Brandon Lee from mm. The Crow, a film I don't think I've ever seen. I mean, no. it's one of those those films that I think is often... You see lots of posters and references to it, but I can't remember the last time it was on. Our friend Alex uh, Zane uh, from uh, the uh, Stakhanov podcast called um, Clash of the Titles, they're doing The Crow this week. Are they? And, ev- and he has, on two occasions that I know of, dressed as Brandon from the Brandon yeah. Lee the deceased I can I can Brandon see, I, I can see Alex doing that there is mm. because that film is one of those ones as well that Brandon Lee died during the yes. filming of it didn't so it's, he so it's got a bit of a it's got a bit of a heat because of that yeah a little bit of frisson a bit of frisson a not of... did not did did not clean the chamber properly <laughs> yeah. left a live round in there shot the man dead goodbye I mean, don't know why I'm talking like that left a live round yeah in. I mean why was there a live round why in was, there exactly you don't I mean, go to the if, if, if we get, can I take that gun home can I see that going on? I want to go down the range. <laughs> I was thinking, what is the crow? And there's only one I said like Joker's thing. Essentially, the crow is, it looks like Batman, mm. acts like the Joker. No, looks like the Joker, acts like Batman. I guess so, yeah. Is he, a, of... is he a good guy? Was he like any ever, was he a Marvel thing or a um The a crow? Thing? Yeah. No, he was a Dark Horse comics, which was right. a sort of third rung down. Not People even. didn't really, really right. look at it, but, but TV and film got very interested in those smaller comic things mm. because they couldn't work with Marvel and DC. Right. So in the mid-90s, certainly, there were a lot of these 
um, property snapped up. Was Darkman one? Yes. He oh, was. there you yeah, go. Yeah. That's the other film. Uh, there's even the British one called The Bogeyman, which is about a man who believed he was Humphrey Bogart, which was a comic. Oh, that's and that became a BBC series, I think with Robbie Coltrane. I, I, as with any, you hear about these ideas in comics, you say, oh, fuck off. But <laughs> but in reality, like it's all about the, the, the telling. There's a really good 2008D one. Is that DC? Or what's 2008D? 2008D, British. British, is that? Fleetway, so oh, it's, right, okay. Uh, um, I don't know comics at it, all. It's but a, bit was... like, a bit like the Beano. <laughs> it's, it, it is. It, it was the you know, It was based in um, in sort of King's Reach Tower. Oh, really? Which is so, in, in okay, right. Well, yeah. he, one of the um, weeklies. He uh, um, they did a really, really adult, very adult Sherlock Holmes. Um, like Murray, yes. it was really sort of like um, the sexual. What was it called? Dev, uh, uh, something. Uh, yes, Moriarty. Mor- it was a weird kind of relationship with him and Moriarty. It was just so. Sexy. I remember it. It was called something like Devlin or something. Mm. I, I forget what it was, but yeah, it was like a a really sort of um, arch. Mm. Beefcake homosexual yes. retelling of a futuristic Sherlock Holmes. It was fucking great. 2000 AD. The guys who did that, you know, all through the years from 1979 onwards, they really do have a claim to have changed culture, yeah. especially when it came to things like, you know, superheroes and anti-heroes and mm. stuff. They're magic, really yeah. creative, crackling with creativity. Um, look, we're talking of crackling Stingsy. with creativity. That's my favourite thing. I like to say one thing and then lead to another. Yes. Um, this is the first and it would be the only WrestleMania match for Sting. I he mean... He would ultimately retire uh, a year later at the Hall of Fame when right. he was being inducted. Um, here he just turned 56. Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. Not too bad. The face paint hides a multitude of sins. I bet it does. But he still is in incredible shape at this mm. point. Um, he, was, he was really the last great star of the late 80s, 90s and 2000s mm. who had never had a WWE run oh, yeah. at all. He was the embodiment of WCW because he was pretty much a, a main event star from uh, the time he appeared in about 1989 all the way through to 2001 where he and Ric Flair had the final match on the final WCW Nitro show right. uh, after it was purchased by WWE. He made the decision not to sign with WWE at any point over the next few years. And largely that was because he is a born-again Christian. We've talked about him on, on the Patreon shows. Mm. Uh, he had a, a, a suddenly a hankering for the ladies, which caused him problems. And he then became a, a born-again Christian, felt he was washed clean. And one of the things he didn't like about WWE was its uh, pushing the envelope and its sexual content. Mm. And he was looking really at a product that was running at the time he was working. By you know 2003 and four, we're in the PG era. None of that was happening. But he always refused, and they could never get him. He had a good career in TNA, where he was pretty much the main event star from the moment he came in until the moment he left there as well. Um, And so he was the last big star who hadn't ever done a WWE match. And so what you naturally have to do here is you bring him in and you have to crush him (laughs) so that everybody knows he was no good and the opposition were all shit. And not only that, you give him his WrestleMania moment, as the hashtag WrestleMania moment, and you um, litter the entire playing field with accoutrement and distractions and explosions and nonsense. 100%. um, To to basically say, you are not enough, Sting. People may be applauding but they are doing it out of a sense of duty and not actually what you're actually doing in the ring is any good. I, I, it was... I did a proper forensic trawl through this match <laughs> and honestly, it's so much worse. So uh, basically, Triple H was Sting's second choice of opponent. When right. they'd said to him, you know, what would you like to do? He'd said Undertaker. That's what I thought. Give him Undertaker. Would have been... I Give mean, him that was, Taker. It was the dream match that everyone had yeah. been talking about yeah. really the for spooky sort of boys. 15, 20 years. Yeah. The Spooky Boys one-on-one, yeah. you know, finally. Um, 
that didn't happen. And uh, the reasons it didn't happen at this one mm. are confusing, and I don't know why it didn't happen at this one. Um, he has since said he would come out of retirement if they could do a match between him and Undertaker. Um, with the Boneyard match, people have begun to say, well, well there is the possibility mm. we could do this match at WrestleMania 36. Sting was actually really injured in a match that he had, a main event against Seth Rollins after this WrestleMania. And Seth Rollins did a move called the Buckle Bomb, which is power bombing someone into the turnbuckles. And the problem with that is you can't really brace yourself and you can't see when the impact's coming. Oh, that's banned now, I remember. It I've, is I've, banned. Yeah. And because a couple of careers have been certainly shortened, but Sting's was ended. And, you know, he was a big, big star and he had only had a handful of matches and it was all over. He got neck problems. The rumour mill has it that he was actually cleared in February 2020, which right. would be the traditional point for a build-up towards WrestleMania. So there was the possibility that they were working out whether they could do it this year. Mm. Um, he has said, if there was a taker situation at WrestleMania, I'd listen to that phone call. I could get in condition and I could pull it off. So there is the chance we might see something. I would cricket. I would vaguely hope that everyone can just leave Undertaker alone now. <laughs> I think, I think we've, we've done that. It's ended now. Let's, let's not keep going back to that. Um, I think Taker would be respect- receptive to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he would as well. I mean, by, the, by that, that point, Sting will be 61. <laughs> yeah. Which is, it just seems amazing that everyone's <laughs> like, I'd still like to see an, an obviously broken down and ruined Undertaker <laughs> whose confidence is shot against a 61-year-old man with neck problems who was only cleared five months ago. I mean, it's just nuts. Yeah. The second choice they give Sting is Triple H. Mm. And uh, that is the one that happened. Now, Triple H in 2015 and 2014 had been all over the shows in an entirely negative way. They've set up a new angle called The Authority, which is Stephanie and Triple H getting involved in everything. And they are constantly on TV and everyone is sick of them. Frustrating. The whole show's just become about them. And even the people who are in the matches that they're interfering with, they aren't getting over because they're secondary to the storyline of Mm. Triple H and Stephanie are running a mock. What they do here is they have Sting turn up to just be sort of going, I don't like the way that you are acting in the WWE. Just bring him in and say, we're going to have a dream match. You know, you don't need this thing of, you know, there's a line he said that really annoyed me as well, where they're talking about him being a small fish in a big pond in WCW. And there's, we'll get the reason that's a stupid fucking thing to say in a sec. But there's a line he says in the build-up video where he says, I'm not here to fight for WCW. I'm here to, obviously, it's fight for myself. Mm. No, he says, I'm not here to fight for WCW. I'm here to take Triple H down. Everything is always geared towards Triple H. Mm. It's really, really frustrating. What they then begin to sort of, really sort of twist this into is the angle of going Sting represents WCW, Triple H represents the WWE, and what we're going to have is we're going to show which finally is better than the other. Just the worst thing you can possibly do. <laughs> a company that ended, what, 15 years yeah, before. Yeah, what are you getting out of that? That they you know? bought. And, 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 and Sting's part of your roster. Like, do you completely. make him, build him back up again for some fucking matches. Completely. Now, I mean, Arn Anderson makes a similar point to you which is about the fact that he loses. So you're going to you're going to you you you're going to absolutely shit yourself by how accurate you are <laughs> and how Arn Anderson would have to admit that you knew as much as he did. Um 
Sting comes out with his Japanese drummers. Mm, uh, yeah, taiko drums. That was that was quite a, a nice subversion of the mask sort of. Yeah, uh, thing. I, I like the spectacle like of that. it. Now, Sting has no real connection with Japan. No, no, um, no that's uh, a strange one. And he's never had drums in his career or anything. <laughs> what he was famous for is he had an entrance when he was the crow sting at the start where he would suddenly plummet on a harness into the ring he'd mm. drop into the ring and he'd you know clear it so he did a lot of stuff with rope work yeah. well in WWE this Wrestlemania is not going to work because it's an outdoor stadium mm. but also of course it's it's, 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 it's a bad heart. test yeah exactly yeah. They, the WWE are never going to do anything again involving you know drops into the ring mm. it just isn't something they can do yeah. so Sting loses that sort of unique part of, of his iconic act here right you get the impression they give him the drummers not because they want Sting to look big, but because they're giving Triple H one and they can't just give Triple H an entrance and not Sting because then it makes it obvious that he's like the, the special one. Yeah. So he gets this this Terminator <laughs> entrance. Mark, I know it was a financial <laughs> thing and there's a, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger gets into the Hall of Fame, not a business, but yeah. my God, it's just muddies everything. Doesn't it's just, it? <laughs> the, the, the actual it, I had to check that it was 2015 or something yeah. because the actual uh, the idea fine it's solid we've underst- we understand commercial uh, agreements and how you know you've got to treat things a little bit differently especially when you're on the network and you're yeah. not just pay-per-view um Fuck me! Like it is so shit. <laughs> the bit it looks where like the we've done it on paintbrush. Stands the crowd for for for, for possible and robots. Or so. I don't want yeah. to say adversaries, but... target selected, <laughs> all that really basic stuff. The, the worst thing about it is I the, don't know the why actual... Terminator allowed you. The Terminator people allowed them to do it. Well, uh, it's awful. It, it must be Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, "Look, they're putting me into Hall of Fame." You know, <laughs> I want. Just... I want to. Um, you know, going to call me the Deluxe Paint Four. I'll make sure that none of it looks. Like, you know, <laughs> official. <laughs> Look very... Like a knockoff. Like, you know, Mexican bootleg. <laughs> you know, that is... And out comes Triple H with that, with this very plasticky Shit. thing on, which wobbles in the wind. Oh, He's shaking man. a few times, and it really shudders. Yeah. But the eye piece as well, the cyborg eye is a bit high up, and it yes. looks like boss-eyed, and <laughs> it just it just uh, does not look good at all. terrible. They also... He comes up on a plinth from the floor that rises on a pillar, and it just keeps going up. And around him, these other pillars go up with these, um, you know, just fiberglass mm. T-1000s on it. And he goes up, and they have to cut away, because obviously they just have to come down again. What <laughs> <laughs> waste of everyone's time. <laughs> but Schwarzenegger does a little sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, WrestleMania. Judgment Day is here. And Judgment Day is the name of another WWE pay-per-view. So, again, just <laughs> slightly confusing. And the second Terminator... I know he, uh, it's not even the film... Terminator Genesis, they're... Uh, yeah. Hawken. Yeah. Oh. And then he says... He does say... I mean, it's, it's that bit where he just turns to it and just goes, time to play the game, which I did like. I was like, oh, that, that's actually... I like it when they bring them in and they do the wrestling stuff. Yeah, it's that, a bit that work like... work nicely. It's a bit like the pinball machine. But it is worth saying, Pete, at this time, Triple H is a bad guy. Yes. So you've got, you've got a bad guy doing an entrance... <laughs> And you you give you give Sting the good guy some fucking high culture like you'd see at the fucking ICA of Japanese drumming, and then you come out and you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger doing yeah. your catchphrase before yeah. you, you know just uh, awful awful. When they lock up, the crowd are thrilled. Mm. They are so excited. And then quickly they realise they're not really that bothered about seeing this match. And it goes <laughs> silent. And within the first minute, Triple H, he honestly looks around the stadium like he's furious. Like yeah. he's really sort of fucking pissed off 
about the reception. How dare you, people? <laughs> How dare you? Sting, you know, is, is having a, a normal Sting match. What the WWE didn't realise is how popular Sting would be. They had an idea that all WWE fans hated WCW. Yeah, that really they, tribal, yeah. Yeah, that but, they'll see Sting and they'll go outsider. But to be fair, but, but, to, uh, but obviously, still part of your kind of, it's still part of your, of your nostalgia. Yeah. The whole battle was still part of your nostalgia. Triple H wasn't part of it. At that time, no. yeah, well, that early anyway, no. earlier, much earlier. Than no, that, he, he comes, you know, Triple H comes along with, with you know, if you like, the DX. He's yeah. 99. Sting yeah. has been doing this since 1990. Yeah. There is a, at least seven years where he is a main event star mm. before Triple H is even on the scene. Yeah. Everyone he's in the ring with who turns up who can't perform anymore in the NWA and, and DX were the men he was having matches against. Mm. They should have been doing, he was the last man standing. He's the last man who didn't come to WWE. And now he's here and he's yeah. going to show everyone what they missed. Mm. You know, instead, Vince McMahon told the commentators to bury Sting on commentary, <laughs> which they do. So I started just jotting down the difference in the lines. Okay. Yeah. Um, the commentary about Triple H. They go, the strength of Triple H. He's a 13-time WWE champion. Triple H back in control. Sting, right? Sting was a great star. <laughs> Sting did everything he could. Now he's out of ammo. It's easy to make it in the D-Leagues. Oh. He's out of ammo. He's out of moves. He's almost out of time. He's down and out early. The temptation was too much for Sting. <laughs> he had to come to WrestleMania. Now he wishes he hadn't come. Oh, jeez. He tried to put the McMahon family out of business and us <laughs> out of jobs. Now, mm. Jerry, Lawler, get, <laughs> Jerry Lawler gets to the point where he goes, I think everyone's just reading a bit too much into this. He says, <laughs> he says Sting was just like following orders. Again, oh God. Don't, don't back good. me up by saying no. that. Never. No. Um, but Cole and JBL then jump on Jerry Lawler, and JBL goes, he was a big fish in a little pond. He wanted to go down with the ship. So did the captain of the Titanic. We don't remember his name. Now he's a minnow swimming in the ocean. And Jerry Lawler just goes, okay. <laughs> now, this I'm doing is my best because one I think of I your marquee matches at WrestleMania. You've got Sting there, and you're getting the commentators to going, he is nothing. He's <laughs> fucking dirt. I wish he had known the t- name of the captain. <laughs> brilliant. Now, Arn Anderson made the point that you did, which is, he said, he made a couple of points on his podcast, and they are worth saying because they are just, it's not a case of just going, we like Sting, and actually, we don't like Triple H, because Triple H is annoying. Mm. Arn Anderson said to just go on and on and on, putting Triple H over and dumping on Sting, and the comparison being, this guy's a pro, and you're Sandlot, you're Little League. Mm. The guy's an all-pro in the NFL, and you're on a peewee league. That was the premise of it all. It was like tunnel vision. Okay, dipshit, we finally got you on board, now we're going to bury you. That is pretty much what happened. The comparisons between them were just brutal. Yeah. And he made the point, he said, you don't say old, you don't say too small, you don't say fat. You find something in your opponent that makes them special, so that when he beats you, he really beats you. Otherwise... A little guy beats you, or an old guy beats you, or a fat guy beats you. Yeah. It's just common sense. Yeah. And so what they have here is they have this this commentary is just going, this guy is a big star from the D-Leagues. He is rubbish, he is appalling and everything. Mm. And you just, 
why throw that away yeah. for this weird Vince McMahon thing? He bought the company. Yeah, by his he regret. He won. <laughs> He's now gone, and gone to this star. It's not like Sting has said to him, I'm going to pay you so I can come to WrestleMania. Vince McMahon sat down with him. They negotiated a contract, which I'm sure was a lot of money. Vince McMahon says, looking forward to having you here. And then he's got him and he's like, oh, I fucking hate having this guy around. It's just stupid. Uh, it's so odd. What you get halfway through the match is you get the, the other guys come in. So Income DX, um, which is Billy Gunn, X-Pac and Road Dog, mm. And Sting begins fighting them off. And the crowd chant, this is awesome. <laughs> they fucking like Sting, you pricks. <laughs> right? Oh, it's so annoying. And they boo when Triple H pedigrees him. And then they cheer when he kicks out. And the commentators are still like, yeah, you know, that guy is a fucking molester of dogs you know it's like just fucking read Listen. the room out then come the nwo who are hulk hogan uh, kevin nash and scott hall um this is 18 years after the monday night wars mm. you know it's a long long time mm. but people are like that is a wrestlemania moment dx and the nwo yep. are are squaring off um Arn anderson also made the point which is absolutely true that in his career, Sting was the enemy of the NWO. He he wasn't really part of the no. NWO. If he was, it was usually because he was fooling them. Um, but <laughs> he made the point of saying everyone in that ring had a connection with Triple H, yeah. apart from Sting. And so Sting is stuck between all these people who are basically on Triple H's side. And he looks a little bit like, I'm not at ease with any of this. That I'm yeah. doing my thing, but they're not letting me. It's a really strange thing to see in the middle of the match. It's just, it, it is just a thing. He just, he, just, he, just, he just basically said to Sting, you're not enough, so we're going to bring in all of this yeah. sideshow nonsense and you are going to get buried. And, you if, you, get buried and if you do that, DX came in first and then it turns out the NWO are there to write things, then obviously you are building to the moment that Sting has managed to foil Triple H's trick and let's remember he got DX out first. So he is a sneaky little shit, right? (laughs) And he's going to get his just desserts. When the NWO come out, Sting just uh, hits Triple H with a scorpion death drop and that would be a good ending. Mm. And... No, he kicks out. Mm-hmm. Then Sting gets him in a sub- submission move, the Scorpion Deathlock. And JBL says, no way that Triple H should be forced to tap out to Sting. Like, Just, let uh, it go. It's so awful. Triple H goes to hit um, Sting with, with the sledgehammer that's on the floor to get out of the leg lock, but Hogan grabs it just in time. Mm. Again, another good ending. Mm. Brilliant. No, they keep going. In come Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels super kicks Sting. I completely Sting, forgot right? about Shawn Michaels. Oh, JBL, oh, JBL screams, we won the war! When that happens, <laughs> right? Christ. Sting gets his shoulder up on two. The crowd cheer so loudly. Yeah. They chant, this is awesome. And the commentators act like they've just seen a fucking beloved family pet hit by a car. <laughs> they are talking like in the funeral voice. And they, there's a bit where Triple H comes with his sledgehammer, Sting gets a bat out, and he breaks the sledgehammer in half. <laughs> and Michael Cole goes, oh no! No <laughs> that, one has ever that. been on the side of the sledgehammer. No one's been on the side of the sledgehammer. And for one night, it's like Triple H is oh, doing, no. oh. He's only got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but then Sting gets hit with a bit of sledgehammer uh, and he's pinned. Now, at the time, people said Sting getting pinned was the really the wrong decision. Mm. As time has gone on, uh, and the fact they only had one WrestleMania match, mm. this decision looks so fucking idiotic. It's so stupid. 
Hogan and Hall uh, at ringside, I don't think they, they were necessarily told who was going to win. Right. Uh, if they were, maybe they just didn't listen. I wouldn't put it past them. They did, didn't care. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Vince, when whatever. Triple H pins Sting, they absolutely shoot each other a look. Like, did not see that coming. Um, <laughs> it's really, really wrong. What are they doing? Arn Anderson, again, this podcast, I, I, I'm not going to suggest you listen to it. Life is life is very short, and that podcast is long. And 2020's turned up some things that we don't want to <laughs> yeah. think about our favourite dad. Cat buff. Um, Cat he buff. said, if you decide you aren't using Sting in any other capacity, Hunter is going to be there. You know that next year and the year after that, Hunter will be there. Yeah. If you go Hunter's way, Hunter's going to win the match. And that's what you do if you're never going to use Sting anymore. But if you want to get that Sting-Undertaker match and you want another match out of Sting and possibly several television appearances out of him, what would be wrong with putting Sting over at the finish? It just, it just beggars belief why they would do that. It's such, such great IP, great real estate that everybody knows. Yep. Everybody in that stadium knows who that man is. Yep. The reality is this, said Arn Anderson. It was the last nail that Vince McMahon could nail into the coffin and say, okay, we're done. We're the superior company. Yeah. They said they were going to put WCW out of business. They led for all those weeks in the Monday Night Wars. But in the end, here's your last remaining guy. He was your biggest star, and we just crushed him before your very eyes at the biggest event of the year. And now was 55. <laughs> <laughs> now it's officially done. It's like WCW never existed now. That's what would have been going through Vince's mind. It's the last vestige of WCW, and he's just been squashed. <laughs> We're WWE. We won the war. Here's your big star. Well, he's not a big star here tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. The madness of settling a score with something that you've won long ago yeah. that you keep on going back to. They then fucking shake hands. Oh, <laughs> oh God, yeah, fuck, they do, don't they? After all oh, that shite. Fuck off. They fucking shake hands. Forgot about Triple that. Triple H gives fucking... Sting a little pat around the back of the head like, you did good, kid. Oh, he's 50 fucking he's 56. Six, he's 56. He, ah. he was a headliner from 1988 until, what, 2010? And you didn't marry anyone in the business, you prick. <laughs> um, fucking long-faced dick. Arn Anderson made the point of saying, that handshake as well, what it does is it said to everybody, it's another of those deals with wwe beating you over the head with this is a work it's just entertainment guys it doesn't mean shit the match is over now and we're going to go back to being just entertainers he said i don't think the audience want that and i don't think they need it it's absolutely bang on mm. true triple h does have a reason <laughs> that he beats sting right which is not the one that it patently is which is that it was all about wcw losing again mm. he said um, part of the impetus with the way things turned out with Sting is because I was already booked to work with The Rock at the following year's WrestleMania, and we were going to build it for more than a year. That was the intent, oh, the belief, and everything else. How did they get that else. booking? <laughs> <laughs> he said, as time went on, Rock's schedule changed later in the year, and we weren't able to do the match at the following year's WrestleMania against The Rock. You know, there are people who will say, well, I should have put him over to give him the moment, and that's arguably to say that you should have... I mean, the Rock situation made that impossible, which didn't happen. But that's the truth of it. But seriously, what is a gollywog? <laughs> is it a bear? He said, are there things that could have been done differently? <laughs> I don't know that it took away from anything. 
I mean, just, you know, you do, you liar. You absolute liar. Well, that is just absolute kind of like just talking your time out. It really is. He just did not have an answer. The whole idea as well that people would say, Triple H can't have a match with The Rock. Didn't he lose to Sting last year? Just so stupid. And also like, oh, we've got to put the Terminator 2. They've got to put the Terminator Genesis uh, promo somewhere. You stick it in there. Yeah. The silly thing about it is, is again, it was a time-worn, uh, you know, formula whereby the big stars of wcw from the goldbergs the the, the scott steiners the mm. booker t's they would bring them over they would refuse to make them look good yeah because and and just to see them doing it even after all this time one of the points that was made by i think hogan hogan made a point saying why did sting agree to come in if he didn't have that victory guaranteed it's such a shame i mean maybe they thought well next year he'll be with undertaker and that everyone looks forward to seeing that match so it doesn't matter whether he wins here or not but the reality is he didn't get there. And, and mm. secondly, he would have had to lose to Undertaker, most likely. Because yeah. you're not going to be pushing a 60-year-old man as being, you know, the next guy with the next streak. <laughs> so it just it just seems disgraceful, really, the way yeah. he was treated. They have and celebrated he looks sad him. in his... He, he, he really does sad. look sad. He always looks he sad, really, though, He, he does. Sad he, he looks... Rather than looking like the crow and looking, you know... <laughs> disgusted at the mm. avarice of man or whatever crow did <laughs> he always just looks, looks disappointed like a, he looks like a cosplayer I've, I've been let down for the bus yeah oh there's a girl cosplayer who said he'd, he'd, he'd like you know she'd have a drink with him <laughs> afterwards and he's just waiting the there bar. and that, that slow realisation that it's getting darker and they're locking up the venue and she <laughs> yeah. must have gone. That is Sting. In the girls' toilets. I can't go to the girls' toilets. I'm in the girls' toilets. Sting cosplay. Oh, poor Sting. They, poor they, Sting. they do very much um, portray Sting as a legend of WWE now. and right. they, they have lots of little documentaries about him and lots of his greatest matches and everything. But too little, too fucking late. Jesus. It's like when people murder their partners and then do an appeal to the police yeah. and they cry and it's crocodile tears. Yeah. Um, was it Tracy Andrews? That's what WWE's like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, it was nothing if not um, 18 and a half minutes. I mean, look, if you are picking Triple H as your opponent, you know you're going to get enough room. Yeah. You know you're going to get yeah. enough space. And weirdly, this is, this is one of the only WrestleManias in history where every single match is under 20 minutes, mm. even though there's a Triple H one there. I think they go 17 here. Yeah. I mean, it is a long 17. <laughs> uh, there are some bits that are, you know, very slow yeah. and very ponderous. And Sting, I mean, God bless him, he wasn't the best in the ring he always slightly had that air about him somebody again like a bit like randy orton who is better in the ring but just wasn't that interested in wrestling as yeah. a whole yeah. it was something they did that was their job but then they got home and got to do bible study and that was really the thing they loved <laughs> you know uh, um have we got time to do a quick roundup of um maria menounos and skylar gray let's do that good let's. lovely uh, maria menounos uh, comes out uh, yes. to talk to daniel bryan She's wearing a Bushwhackers t-shirt. They went mm. into the Hall of Fame. But it's a bootleg one. It's, it's, not, it's not a genuine Bushwhackers t-shirt. <laughs> she put it on the way into the venue. Man was just selling them off the pavement. <laughs> I, I'm looking at that and I was thinking, is that the first time someone's worn some hooky merchandise like that, that's actually part of the show? Really cheap. It's incredible they didn't have one around as well. You'd think like, you know, the Bushwhackers go in the Hall of Fame. That would be the ideal time to sell the last Bushwhackers t-shirts. <laughs> get them out of the deep storage. Um, but they do a lovely, lovely little bit here. Daniel mm. Bryan wins the Intercontinental title and he is um, congratulated 
by the Intercontinental Champions of the past. So yeah. out comes Pat Patterson, who was the first Intercontinental Champion. Um, he won it in a fictitious tournament that they said happened in Rio de Janeiro. Um, <laughs> and out he came. Roddy Piper making his very, very last WWE appearance. I think he would die later later this year. Jeez. 2015, maybe 2016. Um, I didn't check. <laughs> this isn't the sort of podcast that well, not, checks. Well, not for this section. No. Uh, Ricky Steamboat comes out. He does a, a great, a great thing. Again, people who don't really seem to be interested wrestling and he says as it was almost as good as my match against randy savage at wrestlemania 3 he says and as the macho man would say whoa yeah <laughs> yes. uh, he puts a war in there that just does. does not exist savage definitely goes oh yeah yeah as my friend the macho man would say <laughs> really wrong. As my good friend with his cowboy glasses and Stetson. <laughs> the, the, mu- the Mucho Man. The Mucho Man. Uh, little Ric Flair, he comes out. Yes. Manages to get woo right. You know, look how yeah. this down the steamboat. Um, and Bret Hart comes out. Um, again, you know, everyone else is having fun and Bret Hart comes out and he just goes, uh, I can't think of a better representation of the IC Championship. You know, and it's just a bit like you know, at some point during like the noughties that man just turned into a ghost oh didn't he's he he's just the ghost of wrestling he, past and he's sad he had health issues broken. he had strokes and but things he's but just he is glum he had, a, he had such a glum 90s and 2000s yeah. where they treated him so badly and you know I know I know he's, he's broken back, he's back in the house with his abusive partner <laughs> but he's back Ugh. and all you want him to do and go I've seen a lot of matches and let me tell you that was the best there is the best there was the best there ever will yeah. be uh, instead, what's he gone for? He's gone for, I can't think of a better representation. Not representative. <laughs> I can't think of a better representation of the Intercontinental title. It's like a fucking downer. Um, and then Ron Simmons comes out, and Ron Simmons was a brief holder of the championship belt under the uh, uh, persona of Farouk. Um, I do think that he should have turned up as Farouk and not Ron Simmons. Right, yeah. Uh, Farouk had a very funny squashy, like um, a kid's activity play centre. You know those big sort of uh, towering structures that are padded? Right, yeah. So yeah. you can roll around them and everything. Yeah, 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 He had a helmet that was like made out of that right. stuff. Really sort of like squashy and day-glow. And he should have come out wearing that yeah. and done damn. I know there's no point rewriting five years ago WrestleMania comedy sections. I know everyone else mm. was happy with it. I just think he should have had the little headpiece. I think that we could probably do that in After Effects. <laughs> yes. I'll get in Blender. I'll build him a little hat and we'll figure it out. Somehow. Let's do it. Mm. I mean, it, it's worth doing. And we have a little bit of Skylar Grey and Travis Barker from Blink-182 and Skylar Grey and Skylar Grey and Travis Barker. And I'm glad you remember the first part of that particular <laughs> Triforce. It was him. Kid Inc.'s real name is Brian Collins. Uh, his WrestleMania appearance is not mentioned on his Wikipedia, which is by no means a long Wikipedia entrance. Yep. You'd think that would be a thing to pad it out a bit. Uh, his PR people are listening, <laughs> uh, but very much decided not to. Um, Skylar Grey comes out in that sort of Baker foil um, cut off hoodie tracksuit. Mm. Looks so comfortable. It looks <laughs> just really looks so hard. comfortable. Couldn't stop. And then Kid Ink comes out and he mm. does a very generic rap. Um, it's slightly reminding me, you know. I, again, I can't think of any examples, but if there was like a British comedy film of the 90s yeah. that had one of the people, they sort of went, go on, sir, you do a rap. And he went, well, I, I couldn't possibly. And they stick a mic in his hand. Yeah. And I mean, it's like that. The guy, the guy is like, <laughs> he's got this constant thing going, we've been going on for too long, way too long, way too long. And I was like, this sort of feels like 
like Colin, what's his name? Colin, Colin Firth. Firth. Yeah. And Russell Brand would be behind with the spotlight or something. I, I, Come you know, on, mister. Yeah, we've been You're going on too rap. long. Way too long. Way too long. <laughs> I was like, yeah. A dangerous lyric as well to sing when you're shit. <laughs> really is. <laughs> really been going is. going on too long. Man. Oh, dear. Good, look, look, it's money. Travis Barker's money. He's part of a pop punk trio that uh, were very popular to, uh, I imagine, a lot of the fans of, uh, of WrestleMania. Yep. Is this his first appearance? You would imagine that he would have appeared at some point with the jackass boys back in the noughties. Yeah, you thought so. But maybe Possibly. not. It's yeah. odd. They don't ever mention, I think, in the broadcast that he's from Blink-182. So yeah, was, no, was I he think having was, I think Blink creative difficulties? Because he was in a plane crash, wasn't he? Because he was terribly burned. Um, this may have been pre-plane crash. He's in, he's in, he's in, he travels by Was he bought. drumming on the escape he was exit? <laughs> <laughs> drumming on the escape Mr Barker, please sit down, we've asked you. Sir, that's the cockpit panel, he was, please. It was, was a very tragic plane uh, thing. Oh, but uh, I, I know some of went in the wrong... Wrestle me, Pete! Oh, dear. Wrestle me, Pete. Oh, Mark... This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.